and happy new year. Welcome back to all new The Giant Countryman Robot Podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Desi is Dead Robinson with Christian the Damon Lama Ride of Ventura. How you guys doing this year? Now we're gonna we might as well get this out the way first. Um we didn't get to technically end 2020 with some um, high notes because we had um some 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 heart some heartaches. 2020, oh, was, yeah. 2020 was not kind to us at all. Not, and not in the beginning and not in the end. Um, a mutual friend of ours, their father passed away from COVID. Yep. Um, Mary, uh, Mary Cruz Velasquez. Um, Oof. So our thoughts, and, our thoughts and prayers and positive vibes go out to her and her family. Our very own... I'll let Christian describe more, but our very own Christian Ventura. Yeah, I got COVID from work, so that was uh, that wasn't fun. So that kind of uh, forced me to spend Christmas and New Year's on my own. But hey, you know, at least at least no one around me got it from me, which is nice. Yeah, that that is that is more. I think that's. I want to say more important, but that's still. A positive thought. It was they definitely my much larger concern. I ended yeah. up getting every symptom except fever, and uh, but but the thing that I was much more concerned about was giving it to some of my family members who are more at risk than I am, and luckily none of them got it. And that's what I'm saying. That's that's the more positive thought. I was like, as long as they're healthy and staying safe and fine, that should be a worry off your mind. Yep, yep, and, and it definitely was. Once once I found out that they all got tested and they all got negative. It was good, but fuck your coworkers. In they, they, they ain't shit. For real, it's but, the only reason. Only reason I got it was because somebody else at work didn't didn't quote unquote believe it was that contagious and took it to work. Fucking assholes. Um, and then unfortunately, I'm, like I said once again, we hate to coming at coming at you, but. In order to for a prosperous twenty in a, a prosperous twenty twenty one, we have to like let you know, like, yo, this happened at the first of the year. Over five hundred and four people passed away. There is yep. now an advanced strain of COVID in California. Yep, and Colorado, right? If I'm not mistaken, I didn't hear. I didn't not look out of my own state. I looked within my own state because we have more stupid motherfuckers yeah. in our own state. Than anyone, we're now officially Florida people. Yeah, basically, but we there is stupid people of color out there here and there. But oh yeah, but the majority we see on TV is these stupid, rich, white, privileged ass white people. You so my town, not yours. So it is what it is. But let's get that. But out we're the starting twenty twenty one with a much much. More positive vibe and hopefully outlook. And with that, it is the year of the ox starting February 12th. And you want also who was born in the year of the ox? Who else? Your boy. Oh, damn. This apparently is supposed to be my year. Hey. Green is the color, which I have today on my my jade green um, plugs. Nice. I will be celebrating the year of the Ox February 12th. Social distancing, of course. <laughs> well, by myself. With some, with some <laughs> hey, sake. that's pretty socially distant. Yeah, with some sake, obviously. Ooh, that's that's some good stuff. 
So I'm ready to go. I'm ready to make this be my year. And we're gonna. We also we're gonna like we said at the end of the year. We're gonna take G GCR to the top. GCR is being absorbed into Odd Productions. That's what we're calling our YouTube channel, people. Odd Productions. Odd Productions. Or Odd Pod for short. I like Odd Pod. Odd Pod is good. Well, that that will be the uh, the main channel name, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, we have rotating co-hosts or hosts. If me or Christian decide not to be on, Kaylee Wilmer, our our towards the end of the year, or um, who kept coming on, she recurring guest, recurring guest, she officially said yes. And Nerds Against the World is coming back, which would be if you're hearing it this Monday or anytime. But hell, fuck it. By this point, Nerds Against the World will be back, and it'll be on the podcast feed, the GCR podcast feed on Spotify and SoundCloud. Um, Benita Lavario is returning. I she thought she was out, and I brought her back in. <laughs> so she's not only back for Nerds Against the World, but she will be a rotating co-host for the GCR. Hey, so get ready to hear a lot more opinions that are more than just mine and Desi's. Which honestly, thank God. <laughs> um, and also, she's going to be coming on um, her first episode. We're going to be talking. It's just going to be me and her. All things Dragon Age. Nice, nice. I'm sure that's going to be a great one. Especially the fact that everyone is saying that Dragon Age 4's protagonist is going to be the most interesting because normally through every Dragon Age game, well, with three Dragon Age games, well, technically four if you want to um, count the expansion as a, as a standalone, the player character that you, the, um, the main character who you play as, they normally have some form of power or they come from like they have or they like they're the MacGuffin to the whole game hmm. this apparently this would be the first time where the main character don't have any power don't have any political say so is not the MacGuffin they're the fucking the mystery figure if you will through the whole game Okay. The the unknown variable towards the towards the villain Solus, who was <laughs> a hero in Inquisition. Nice. So this gonna be very interesting. We're gonna uh, I can't wait. I mean, Benina can't can't wait. She really can't wait. <laughs> um, Kaylee, she has some opinions on some um, DC and Marvel characters. She's a, oh. the official. She's her episode's gonna be called the Nuke. No, oh, nice. <laughs> I trust it's uh very interesting yeah. I can't wait I, I, I can't wait so if y'all love Spider-Man I'll just say this if y'all love Spider-Man and Superman I wouldn't be listening to this episode to those that future episode I'll just give this y'all have there's been gonna warned. be a lot of stuff coming up <laughs> you have been warned listeners <laughs> You have been you have bored. and also thank you to our listeners uh, throughout 2020 we hit numbers we didn't expect to hit 30 subscribers over 500 audio plays five countries so once again thank you and happy new year to y'all let's double up those numbers share our episodes when we post them yep let's keep it going y'all I'm still working on artist talk season five so look definitively artist talk won't be out around February I'm looking at April, maybe May the latest. March gotcha. will probably be the earliest. 
Hey, and we're getting our first uh, our first listen to the inexorable ice cream truck that seems to make its appearance in every single episode now. <laughs> yep, and the uh, proverbial washing machine because my brothers love to wash while I'm fucking recording. <laughs> mm. So we are still out of studio, but thank you for everyone who continues to listen to us. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, yeah. And um, on today's do- oh, and us. Goddamn, I keep on beginning. Um. Friend of the VCR, and if you heard him before, he's on Artist Talk. Santos Nunez is stirring up a new artist studio called Inya Studio. That is E N Y E underscore studio on Instagram. Um, he will have a YouTube channel up soon. Um, the first, uh, he's doing an artist series um, with previous Artist Talk guest, Brianna Correa. Um, let's support him. Go on IG, follow him. I will put the link in the description. Follow them, support them. We need more artists of color out there and more women of our um, women of color out there getting as much recognition as possible. And Santos is the one who helped create it, our logo. So, a very a very big friend and uh, friend and influence to the podcast. Actually, I'm more more of an influence, but I'm just, I'm just saying. This, this, this. <laughs> I'm just, just giving, giving, giving respect. I'm giving credit where credit is due. Don't take others. <laughs> but no, just um, let's 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 make this year a supporting year for everyone. Let's let's help everyone get to the next level. Let's not hold anyone down. Just be like, no. Like, if I'm gonna take it to the top, you gonna to go to the top. Let's go. There we go. Let's share the wealth, if you will. That's uh, right. Yep. Yeah. So. On this episode, our first episode of the year, Wonder Woman 1984, our thoughts, our opinions, if we liked it, if we disliked it, forewarning, we're not going to do what these assholes have been doing like the last two weeks of 2020, just literally bashing the shit out of Wonder Woman. There are some things that I disliked, and there's some things that I did like, and I was cheesing through the whole fucking movie, because I, I liked it. So, we'll have a review on that. I'm reviewing... Cyberpunk 2077, answering any questions Christian has. And then I'm also reviewing um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remaster. I haven't did that any at any point last year, but I did. I was continuing to play it throughout the year. Um, and then we're going to end it off with um, Oscar Isaac had a ska band. Oh, yeah. And spoiler alert, he opened for Green Day. <laughs> so... That's interesting. That was an interesting way to end up 2020. Like, what? Oscar Isaac had a ska band? He, did not, yeah. he doesn't give off that ska vibe. Like, he's a good singer. I mean, he just doesn't, like, you, you can tell, like, when you look at some, I know, like, we're profiling. But when you look at certain people, how the way they dress or their act, you don't, you don't assume you associate them with that genre of music. Right. So when people look at me, well, obviously now when people look at me, like, oh, he must be into punk or rock. But before, you, you probably like, oh, he's probably into skateboarding. Probably mm-hmm. he probably listens to Lupe Fiasco on, on on loop. I still listen to Lupe Fiasco on loop. Kick push <laughs> is kick push is definitively the unofficial skateboarding song of all time. <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, that's that's fair though. Cause yeah, kick, push, kick, push. I'm not gonna sing on here. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Coast. Um, 
But Wonder, let's go to the start with Wonder Woman 19. Before we're going to start with you, Christian. What did you think? Honestly, okay, so overall, I did enjoy it. That, right off the bat, I did enjoy it. I had a couple of issues where my my main issues with it is the third act. The first act, the second act, like everything in the beginning and the, the leading up to right where, well, okay, are we saying spoilers, first of all? Spoilers! Exactly, exactly. Spoilers! Alright, because we're talking about fully, right? Let me get this out the way. Wonder Woman 1984 will be on HBO Max until January 24th. So if you're listening to this any point in time before the 24th, you now know. But if you listen you to this... You have a chance to go watch it right now. This is us literally telling you we are about to have a conversation about 1984 and the way that it ended. Also, it will be on VOD the day after. So, Amazon Prime, um, Vudu, whatever is yours, whatever, um, Redbox. I can't believe Redbox is still a thing. I, I honestly can't. <laughs> and the last blockbuster somewhere out in the Midwest will have not Wonder Woman 1984. But until then, this is a spoiler cast, and I will put spoiler at the top of the description as well all right all right cool 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 so with that out of the way that was your last warning remember that don't come at us for talking about it now you're listening at this point um so my main thing was with the with the way that the third act began and how it ended i like the beginning of the movie i thought was a really good callback to the way that they had started off well with uh the the first wonder woman movie you know kind of um showing showing diana in a in a young situation that kind of like rings through to the rest of the movie but um ever since steve trevor like when she renounces her wish and steve trevor goes away from there the movie takes a very big downhill for me okay. like it like from from the way that the only good thing about that part of the movie for me was like the scenes that diana had kind of like reflecting on her own choices and like what it meant that kind of stuff I enjoyed still, but leading up to um, to Maxwell Lord in that final scene, that that's where I really started to have issues with it. But overall, overall movie wise, I did enjoy, I did enjoy very much the action of it, the choreography I liked, and um, Hans Zimmer knocked it out with the with the score. I really enjoyed the score a lot. It's just. In that last part, in the in in those last moments, it felt like they couldn't stick the landing again, because it's like my my biggest glaring thing is nothing happens to Maxwell Lord by the end of the movie. Like really, nothing. <laughs> like this dude, this dude just spent literally a extended amount of time on every single like electronic device that could at the time that could like project him every single person in the world is theoretically making wishes and chaos is ensuing and the apocalypse is beginning and all this stuff so he is recognizable and yet he just leaves and they have that like moment with him and his son and then out of nowhere it's just like okay well that's it that's all the resolution you're getting we don't know if he if anything happens to him at that point he is on the white house lawn supposedly right and yet nobody's doing nothing like, he hypnotized the president and everybody else in that room or whatever, or they believed the president because they were all in the same room, but he couldn't have, like, 
that couldn't have like traveled to every single agent in the government, right? Mm-mm. There's not even a single cowboy out there that's like, nah, fuck this guy, and then they just go and get him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I like that was the biggest thing for me of the whole movie that kind of like made it lose points in my mind. That 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 third act. But everything leading up to that, I actually legitimately liked it. I liked, I loved Kristen Wiig as uh, as Chitara. I loved how they did her character. Cheetah. Um, Chitara is Thundercat. Sorry, Cheetah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> I'm thinking Chitara because I was watching that earlier. But um, how how she how they did Cheetah. The to me, she felt a little queer coded, but that's not the issue that we're talking about here. Um, but but um. Like, but it was a. It felt a little hand wavy with the whole Steve Trevor coming back because of the wish thing. But I mean, it it did play into the movie later, and they did end up explaining it kind of. So it it shakes itself out. But without context in the beginning, it's kind of it feels like they're just kind of throwing you a bone and like, oh, here's Steve Trevor. I don't know where. Just enjoy it. You know what I mean? But it, overall, I enjoyed the movie experience for what it was. All right, we'll get to your 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 um, the, uh, the number score in a minute when I after after I go through this. Um, for Steve Trevor, I don't think it was just um, out of the blue because it was as soon as we saw the stone and when we realized, oh, it's a wishing stone. When Diana inadvertently said what she was thinking, that's how he came back, and even he said it right off the bat, like I just woke up in another person's body. Like right. you see, like everyone sees Steve Trevor, but I see when I look in the mirror, I see the guy who I'm inhabiting. Mm-hmm. So that man, okay, okay, we find a way to bring him back, but I felt he left too soon. Like I, I, I seriously feel like and the fact that her Wonder Woman's powers was tied to him, to the wish, I thought that was cheap. I like because it's it's a fucking trope that every comic book um, hero use. It, it, take the wishing part out. You need to yeah. make the hero weak. Like you could have just had like Cheetah can go toe to toe with Wonder Woman, right? You could have just had like Wonder Woman. This was a unknown. Like you see her training, and even fucking um, Robin White right said um, at the start of the movie reference like you're gonna have things you you can't like you can't have in a way. I'm paraphrasing by this point, but yeah. Um, and also, like, you see the obstacles that young Diana had to go through. Like, this Cheetah would have been a new obstacle for her. Right. Like, this is a person who you wanted to be, like, you can tell you wanted to be friends with. But this person is just, like, so jealous. Like, it's the case in the story of not one person knows one another's backstory. And plus, also, especially for Diana, this she can't really tell the world... That, you know what? This movie pigeonholes Wonder Woman because we see her out and about in just in BVS in Justice League. We get right. two movie two period period point movies with her. Right. I seriously feel with her trying to hide her identity in that bright ass suit and those fantastical powers. She was pigeonholed. Right. And I and I feel Patty Jenkins pigeonholed herself. And mm-hmm. by extension, Jeff Johns. 
Like okay. I, I, I feel the second movie, 84 should have took place in modern times. Yeah, I mean, well, technically you can't do 84 in modern times, but yeah, I get what you mean. Like, now, the, like this hey, secondary movie should have just already caught up by now. You can do 84 in modern times. One, you have, look at our society today. Everyone's online. We have all these computers and shit. Maxwell Lord will thrive in this world. Right. He wouldn't, and then the trouble with them, the Latin father, the Latin drunken father beating his son, beating his wife, and all this. That is a, like, stop! <laughs> yeah, like, why is that always the trope, man? If it is not with Latin dudes, it's either with Asian dudes. If it's not Asian dudes, it's black people. Like, just fucking it's stop. Always, it's always minorities that are beating their wives, and it's like, what the fuck? And abusing their kids. Like, come on. Verbally abusing it, that. Like, oh, yeah. fucking hell. Like, can Maxwell Lord be the Maxwell Lord of the comic book? He's just a dick. Yeah. Like, I have not seen, like, the closest... It's possible one... to be a dick and not have family trauma like that. You like, know what I mean? Look at Pedro Pascal and, um, as, uh, Tyrell... Not Tyrell, um... What was his fucking character name in Game of Thrones? Um, oh my god. Um... Oh God! What was his character name in Game well, of Thrones again? It was uh... his character was a dick in Game of Thrones. He was yes, he was yeah. he was a good guy, but I mean, it's Game of Thrones. Look what happened to good guy, like actual neutral. Yeah, no, everybody's an asshole in Game of Thrones. Like, everybody, everyone's an it's asshole. Everyone's an asshole, but he was a good guy asshole. Like he had a moment, yeah. but still, Game of Thrones gets an asterisk. Anyone who's a fucking good guy gets killed off. Yeah, that is the that is the whole point of Jay. I I, I, I call unto you, George Martin. I I call unto you. Everyone is a <laughs> fucking good guy just fucking dies, and I hate, and that's a trope I've been hating in today's writing, especially in comic books. The heroes end up becoming the fucking Punisher was the only anti-hero. I know, yeah, I know, Punisher. I know, I know I'm going on a ten, the first tan, our first tangent of the year. Punisher was the first <laughs> anti-hero technically. Uh huh. And now every fucking superhero has to have that moral ambiguity, that gray area. Like, come the fuck on, quit it. Yeah. But um, I'm excited to see how they're gonna portray Moon Knight, that, like because of stuff like that. Well, Moon, they're they're it like they're leaning more towards his mental, um, his um, multiple personality disorder. Yeah. So I think that that's gonna be very interesting. Like, there's two Marvel characters right now coming soon they're gonna have we're gonna be disabled and they're played by people of color well actually three one in hawkeye who's playing um a woman who's playing echo um there's a deaf uh an actual deaf actress actress in the eternals playing a superhero and she's mm-hmm. on the walking dead which makes the walking dead tending the first time we have a deaf person in the walking dead then you have um Oh shit! I lost my train of thought because I said three. <laughs> like how many uh, actors and actresses that with disabilities? Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, I fucked up. Oh, and uh, <laughs> uh, Moon Knight with uh, multiple personality disorder, which was going to be quite interesting for Oscar Isaac to be playing. Right. But we're not talking about Oscar Isaac. We're talking. To, we're not talking about Moon Knight. We're talking about Wonder Woman. So let's go back. Right. <laughs> um, but Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal are best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did do a connection. Everything connects. Everything. 
everything connects. Like apparently Lena Headley um he dated Pedro Pascal. Uh-huh. Hey. Did she? Apparently. Hey. If you get someone like Pedro Pascal, you can't let him go. He's, hey, he's, I hear you. He's, hey, that, he's, this cool, beans. he's cool beans. It, he's cool beans. Was it just me, or does it also feel like, for some reason, the makeup department dicked him over in 84? <laughs> he's supposed to look like... I'm going to say... He was probably the type of Latin person who probably wants to hide his heritage. Yeah, like I could... And the only person who who actually knows him knows him would be his kid. Yeah, exactly. I could totally see that being part of the character. But either way, it's like, I'm just saying they need to make a show or a movie with Pedro Pascal where they don't fuck up his face. Well, you got uh, The Mandalorian. The, The whole goddamn thing, he's wearing a helmet. That's what I mean. Because he's a fucking Mandalorian. I know, but like, okay, so like, except for those two episodes, he t- except for those two episodes, he took off his helmet. I know, and, I and know. Also, but... And also, we did not spoil the name of the, of the episodes. You just now know there's two episodes where he takes off his fucking helmet. Yeah, no, honestly, if you if if you haven't seen it by now, I think we're already out of spoiler territory for that. But um. Actually, yeah, maybe, maybe not, not everyone. Not, not everyone is watching Mandalorian like me. Yeah, I have, I, I, I have I, everybody I, has Disney Plus and stuff. Like, yeah, that makes sense. And on top of that, I know I just not I just elect not to watch it. But but, um, yeah. but the point the, is though, like it's a it, like no matter what, in every show that it, it's almost becoming like a Sean Bean thing where every time you see Sean Bean on screen, he dies. It's like no. In this case, it feels like every time you see Pedro Pascal on screen, something happens to his face nope. that otherwise keeps you from seeing his face correctly. No, um, he did that um, that war movie. Oh, shit, I forgot. Not The Way Back, because that's the Ben Affleck one. He did one with Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam. Um, he, uh, not PTSD. Does he have PTSD? It's been a fucking minute. Um... But you see his face clearly throughout the whole thing. Um, Narcos, you see his face throughout the whole thing. Um, he has done a lot where you see his face. Hell, the the kids superhero movie, the sequel to Shark Boy and Lava Girl, you see his face throughout. So, oh yeah, that's true. That's true. God, I forgot about that. They made. They made a like a, a sequel to that, or not sequel, but like spiritual successor, right? Like the the not the legends or like the the heroes, something like that. Mm-hmm. And that has a list of all problems. Well, people have a problem with Lava Girl, and I'm not gonna touch on it because I'm not the type of person to talk about it. <laughs> it's like is she uh, not Lava? No. She has a kid, and she's not Lava Woman yet for no. some reason. What I'm trying to say is, I've been told as a straight man, I have no say so in terms of people who identify who identify LGBT. I should have someone on the episode to talk about it. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> I'm gonna be nice. You know how petty I can be. Yes, extremely. So I'm gonna be petty <laughs> today. There are people who expressly feel Lava Girl should have been gay, and I'm like, why? And I'm like, and I'm trying to sit and think, I'm like, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, to give context, came out in 2007. 
So the majority of the people who seen it at the time, like me, had to be in your mid twenties. While those who are Christian's age or younger were in their, I'll say, I would say you was in your like twelve. Two thousand seven. I was like thirteen. All right. So those who were um, ten years ago. I don't think everyone was thinking about how they was, how they identified at that time. Yeah, and then, I mean, on top of that, though, like... Now, if you was, I'm going to shut up. And I was, I'm going to say, if you was, all right. You know yourself more than other people of my age group did at our time in the 90s. But I'm not dictating. I'm just saying... Because uh, my, my, my only thing with that, right? Like... Like you don't like I yeah it, you should definitely have somebody like that's more in the LGBT community talk about that mm-hmm. but in general like that doesn't mean that you can't talk about certain things like this like for example if the characterization is that she's gay then then that's fine I mean there's nothing wrong with that but in this context too isn't in the movie the fact that they have a child like they have a child that doesn't mean that she's necessarily like classically straight or anything but she like, definitely had to have had interest in Shark Boy enough to have a kid. You like, know what I mean? Uh, to give another example, um, I did not get to see Jane and Silent Bob Strikes Back, and I want to so badly. Mm-hmm. Joey Lawrence's character from Chasing Amy, who they actually the main character of the movie, her character and Ben Affleck's character Holden end up having a kid together. So mm-hmm. in her character, she said she is a lesbian. Uh-huh. But she ended up starting to date. If y'all haven't seen Chasing Amy, y'all, y'all missing out. And I'm giving y'all the plot right here. She ends up starting to date Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck just can't get over the fact that she did sleep with a like. I'm not gonna give like the horrible aspects of Chasing Amy. Y'all have to different discover that yourselves. But she has been with other people before him and has been with other women before him. And he just can't get over that fact. And he ended up losing her. Yeah. Not only in terms of a friendship, but a relationship. And uh-huh. and they remend their friendship at the end of the movie. But Kevin Smith and James, I was telling James son of Bob Strikes back, you find out that they now have a kid. So your point is valid. At some point it must have happened like they may have reconciled. Yeah. And had a kid. Or she probably went. She probably still with her partner, and they probably asked him, "Can you help us have a kid?" They did that in vitro fertilization. Yeah, and they just asked them to be in your kid's life, even though we're the parents. We just want the, you to be in the in your child. Yeah, like there's a lot of explanations to it. Is the point? There's a lot of like, like there, like if you're gonna have a character like that, then by all means play it. There's, I mean, in my mind, there's nothing wrong with having that. But the thing is, it's like for people to bitch about it and then be like, oh, well, you can't talk about it or they should have been this or they should have been that. It's like, no, it is completely a made up character. No. And it could have been whatever the writers wanted to make about it. And to piggyback onto our my review, when we started with Christian Wig, I was like, I didn't, obviously because I'm straight, I didn't pick up on that. I just picked up on the fact that she is someone who has no friends except for the homeless man. Um, she's just like obviously her boss still don't know who the fuck she is. 
like no one even the men are not paying attention to her until she started like the powers that she was taking that she wished for started giving her a little more of a confidence boost mm-hmm. and she started gaining a bit of an ego uh-huh. um I didn't pick up on those vibes now Diana it's obvious like you will pick up those if, for, if y'all have not read this, this is another thing for people who never read a Wonder Woman book Wonder Woman <laughs> is bi she has always been bi she there in comic books I think two years ago I don't know if she still is in a, um, a um, same sex relationship but she was in a same sex relationship not too long ago right and we and we treat it normally because it was like it's ex- it's expected. I mean, like she's on an island full of women, but then also it also piggies back to the first movie. They do know the about having sex with men and how we're right. we're, we're technically horrible at it. So she was like, "Hey, you're not wrong." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like hey. You know, I, that that was my only thing with like the, I, I mentioned that I think. Uh, the Kristen Wiig's character was queer coded a little bit, where it's like you could tell like she's obviously into Diana, and you can tell that it's like she has this like internal struggle between whether she necessarily wants to be Diana or be with Diana. But because none of that is ever like stated, that's the only reason I say that because it's like yeah, the, the conversation would be is it something that needs to be said every single time that there's a character that has feelings for another character of the same gender in a movie? Yeah, but then, Like, no, you don't need that. But, then but I, the thing is, I don't think you do. But the thing is, it was so clear that it was even part of the story and her internal struggle that any sort of sentence that could have been just like, literally that one, it could have even been something as small as during that scene when she's holding the rock, right? Mm-hmm. When she's holding the, the wishing rock. That it's uh, where she said where she's having like some sort of internal struggle that's basically like, do I want to be with Diana or do I want to be Diana? You know what I mean? Like that that feels like it's something that could have been stated that could have been like obvious that was just ignored so that way they didn't have to bother trying to tackle that. You know what I mean? I think. Our society, we're always in her. Well, sex is inherently the first of. When I mean by sex, and we're not talking about just like straight fucking. I'm talking about relationship-wise. Yeah, yeah, like actual like sex here in general. Yeah. And I'm like, can't a character like Star Wars, for instance? Um, Uh I have said. I think I've said before on on this and old school um, Nerds Against the World I did not have a problem like you can tell Oscar Isaac's character Paul was attracted to Finn yeah like I was all for it hell even the actors were all for it yeah I remember that I, I remember thinking that was gonna end up becoming canon and then they just ignored it and that didn't happen and then like I seriously felt they dicked over Carrie Russell, who was brought in at the last minute of the fucking series. Like you could have gave better context on Paul's past backstory. Yeah, like she could have been literally take. And I hate to say this, but take Benicio del Toro out of the Last Jedi and put Carrie Russell in, in that yeah. place. And then have um, it would have been better if it was Rose, Finn, and Poe. Uh huh. It would be more better for Poe on the and other other things. Like he knows that difference between 
working on between both sides because he did that before he joined the resistance. Right. That would have been a better context for that movie. But we got what we got. And that's as much Star Wars talk you're going to get out of me on this. But in terms of back to Wonder Woman. Get so I'm grateful for it. <laughs> but, back, but back to Wonder Woman, I feel she was looking for more of a friendship. That's what I saw it, and especially someone who barely had any friends up until he, in his mid twenties. It was just the the wanting, not the wanting of terms of a relationship. That that I, I saw it as someone who wanted a friend. Like and plus, Diana is supposed to. Well, Gal Gadot is fucking gorgeous, all right? Just hands down, all right? Just, God yeah. damn. Just, oof. Mm. She, she does, uh, she does the, the Wonder Woman namesake proud. Yep, and the, 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 her smile. Just, mm. Like, yep, it's a, it's a smile even Linda Carter could appreciate. And Linda Carter, oh my, jumping right? on, jumping over towards the end. Right? That right? woman is fucking gorgeous like when okay so again obviously spoilers we're already talking about it when we like here's the thing though when when i saw the hand reach for that beam i didn't i knew distinctly that was linda carter because one gal gadot is not going to get that that pale that fast yeah like i i honestly fell for it i thought it was i thought it was gal gadot for a second i was like look at that refinement that strut that Linda Carter that, has. The poise, the of OG Wonder. I wanted to hear Wonder Woman. I wanted to hear it. Woman. I know, like when the when it continued with the rest of the credits, I fully expected that and was kind of sad to not hear it. I was uh, that was the most disappointing part of this movie. That, that's and no, it does not get of this does not get the deduct point because we didn't get the 1980 Wonder Woman theme, 1970s technically Wonder Woman theme. No, oh, it was amazing that we even saw Linda Carter in general. I super did not expect that. Yeah, I'm like, goodness gracious, me and my is the apple of my that's, eye. That's yeah. how you do a post-credit scene, regardless yep. of anything else. That to me was a perfect post-credit scene because yep. it's like it's not a lot of shit. It gets your appetite wet for things to come. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you get you get a really great like placed cameo. And on top of that, like, you get, like, story. You get a little bit of, like, tease of a story thing because it's, like, she's now going to be apparently who again? What, what was the character's name again? Uh, character, I'm just for, I'm drawing a blank on who they said she was right now. Erethina? Erethina, right. Or, yeah, yeah. Like, she's supposed to be, like, one of the warrior goddesses' daughters, right? She was one of the first women to left the mascara. Um, but she was holding the line so um, the Amazonians can um, leave the. Leave yeah, the she's the one whose armor that that Wonder Woman was wearing at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. But um, because we keep on going all over the place, and I haven't really said my piece on the movie. <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah, um, <laughs> the jump cut scenes, like the unresolved ending. I do agree, the unresolved ending to Maxwell Lord. They did take a lot from the OMAC project where Maxwell Lord did, he got to very similar to what he was doing in the comic book to what he's doing in the movie, except for he's using OMAC, which is supposed to be protecting the planet. Um, But in that comic, Diana, she had a choice in the movie. We saw what could have, what, what she could have done in the comic. 
in the comic, mm-hmm. she snapped Maxwell Lord's neck so hard that his face was turning towards his back. Oh, yeah. Like, she straight up murdered him. <laughs> On camera for the world to see. Yeah, like, that would not have been very Paragon. Um, But she did do her job. She protect the world of men. Yeah. She she is a warrior. She is she is the one that will kill if necessary. She was fulfilling her duty, but we did not and this is the second time we did not see that in Wonder Woman. We see right. the we, and we understand like we know Patty Jenkins love um man um, Superman. And she loves Richard Donner Superman. And she loves the the character of Superman of compassion, showing kindness and love to your fellow man. Just like what also the everything that encompasses Wonder Woman, she brought that, and it's there, and it's here, and and it's great to see the the um, um to see that. But we need to see the other half of Diana, like she like she is. We see it. She's capable of crossing the line. Yeah, but she she does not cross the line. We we need that in this movie to show that she's still inherently a warrior. So the question then stands here, because I know obviously like with the messaging that went behind the marketing of the first movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's a superhero story that's supposed to be like an inspiration for, for, you know, women everywhere. And obviously I'm not a woman, so I don't get the, I don't get the same impact, for but me, I can I, I get, affect it. For me, I get the impact of it's an uplifting like it's a movie where we should be more kinder we should be have to be more compassionate like what's like superman like you you're not like superman but we can be our own hero and try exactly. to like and try to instill some kindness so, and compassion with one another so with that in mind i would like to pose the question do you think that it is at this time more important for like the audience in general to be only experiencing the half of wonder woman that is filled with that kind of hope or do you think it is appropriate to continue with the story and continue with the characterization of like Wonder Woman as she was in the comics, which is definitely definitely has all of that messaging, but also the other flip side of that coin is she is also the hero that will kill. She is that she is that she is that kind of like justice angle. And with the way that, like, you know, things are going on with, like, American society in general right now, is it, do you think that they're leaning more away from that narrative, regardless of the characterization, because of what's going on around socially? I'll say this. Not everything is 100%, and I've said this before on the show, not everything is 100% adapted like their comics. Look at the MCU. Right. There are based off MCU stories, but I mean Marvel comic stories, but they're also a combination of the Ultimate Verse and the Marvel Comic Verse. Right. So like look at like literally look at Captain America's costumes, the mixture of the Ultimate Verse, but also the the, the Marvel Universe, especially right. his suit going towards the end. It's a good mixture of what of Shield Agent Captain America was wearing. To, mm-hmm. uh, but it, we're going that's costume wise but but DC is also 100% they take the character and they just write a story around the character as opposed to taking something from the comics now right. Wonder Woman is as close as you're going to get to the OMAC project but this is an original story mm-hmm. 
like you said, they take a lot from it, but it is still its original story. Obviously, the way that it ended was very different. And there are references, like Wonder Woman took um, what's going on with her, what they did to her in New 52. They made her associated with the gods of Olympus. Mm-hmm. So she's not only still the daughter of Hippolyta, she's now also the daughter of Zeus. Yeah. So Diana wasn't originally... She originally couldn't when she does when she clangs her um her bracers, she doesn't give off powers of she doesn't give off energy like she has done in these movies. She just right. she just clangs them. Now she can like do a shockwave, um, which is I'm like, oh, well, Wonder Woman got a power up. I'm like, I don't I, in my years, thirty five years on this planet, I don't ever remember Wonder Woman ever doing that. Um, yeah. Flying was always like a super friends type of thing, and Justice League, or Justice League Unlimited. But I always remember like Diana can't fly; she always had the invisible jet. Yeah, and to mention, found she, she can now turn things invisible. Yeah, that was a that was a stretch for me. Like I can appreciate that power, but the thing is, it's like to go from like. Oh yeah, I did it on a cup once to now in this super high pressured situation. The second time I've ever done it, I'm gonna perfectly do it to an entire plane while it's moving. I'm like, what? Like like if they wanna give her that power, fine. That's that's honestly fine with me. But I just really didn't like how it was like, this is something that I'm obviously saying I've never done before and I'm gonna do it so perfectly right now. But to answer your question, by today's standards, you need Wonder Woman who can do both. You need to show her, like, she has compassion, but at the end of that day, and I do complain about heroes compromising themselves, she's the one who, ha- who, who definitely needs to compromise herself because we see in these flashbacks, she's trained as a warrior. Like, I'm yeah. going to keep on saying, Robin Wright has taught her that she needs to, when she needs to, she has to cross that line. Yeah, and she like also she, needs to give like up. She certain, grown up in that kind of a society where it's like war is a thing. Like she literally, she literally was like deifying a different warrior who stayed behind and fought hundreds of people. So, <laughs> like death is not something that should be like unfamiliar to her. It's definitely something that's like not light. It's and, not something she does like just willy nilly, but death is something that she's supposed to be okay with doing. And the only thing that's tied to her with death is seeing people grow old and Steve Trevor's death. Right. That is like we we all experience that. Like we that's something we already know. We need to show that she's experienced. This is now a death that she, from Wonder Woman three, which is has been greenlit, which I am looking forward to. Patty Jenkins is coming back. Gal Gadot's coming back. There's rumors that this is the one time that she gets Jenkins gets to use other DC heroes in this uh-huh. movie. So it's just a rumor. So we don't know. I really know if Henry Cable is coming back to play Superman. But if he does come back to play Superman, you have to give a reason why he would be there in the first place. Because right. Wonder Woman technically could take care of herself. She, plus, she's older than Superman. Right, way older, especially in this canon. So she can fight. She really don't need the help, but she even she even she did say in Justice League, we all would need the help every now and then. So I, what I want to see in Wonder Woman three, 
Um, and this is is tying back to the comics. She can go back to Themyscira anytime she wants. Right. But then also there was a point in time where Themyscira shield went down, so the world knew we're like. They don't know where it's at 100%, but they know it's out there. Um, the only way you can find out is like you threw like, like you use submarines or stealth bombers, some shit. Yeah. Like, well, ten- some bullshit. In terms of context, the barrier around Themyscira is the Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm. So that's pulling from the comic books. So you can give that reason why. No, I'm just I wouldn't advise trying to look near. <laughs> if you do get through and you find yourself at Themyscira, just know you might get scared. And you, um, you might die. You're not gonna end up like Fry or Zach Brannigan. Um, have a snooze. You're, you're, you're just gonna get snuffed out. You're just gonna be dead. Exactly. And your corpse being floated out to sea. On a pyre, just letting you know. But um, yeah, I just feel like there was no consequences like you, no consequences to Maxwell Lord. So many jump cuts. Like how the fuck he goes from that offside base back to uh, Washington that fast? Yeah. Um, hell, how Diana got from Egypt back to Washington that fast? Um, yeah, that felt very uh, that felt very hand waved for sure. Like, whoosh, whoosh, we're back. Um, also, uh, for context, like, it's a small nitpick, but did you also like have that thought of like, so they just immediately like stole this plane? Does it have enough fuel? Because I don't even think that kind of a jet could make it from Washington to Egypt without making a like fuel stop. I'm out of pilots, I wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just, just think of it this way think of it this way. If if a jet, right, you need to fuel a jet and you need to, like, let's say if you were flying, like, on a commercial airliner from here to New York, it you need to fun. make one stop unless you're taking a nonstop flight. Yeah. And even then, like, on those smaller, like, those, those jets have less fuel tanks than what we would in, like, a small jet. That's true. That's what I mean. Like, I'm pretty sure they would have needed to make a fuel stop. I'm not. I'm not a planeologist or whatever the fuck it is. But like, and that just felt, that just felt like that super should not have happened. Um, there is some racial connotations to it. Um, everything that happened within Egypt and um, uh, Saudi Arabia as well. Right. Um, but I, I don't know enough historically on on top on top of that, so I'm not going to speak on. I'm just, I I do know the connotations, and on top of that, um. I, me and other people know that in 1984, Washington was a bevy of black people. Yeah, and, I, I noticed that. I was like, wait, isn't there like more than... And there was very little black people in Washington. So, make of that what you will. But that does, that does not dampen the score of this. I'm giving Wonder Woman um, 1984 a 3 out of 5. 3 out of 5. Oh, I thought we were doing a score of 10. Um, if I had it's, to give it, it out... I've, wait, have we we we, we did the ten scale or we we did no we did the we did the ten scale on the D, oh yeah we did all right so Wonder Woman would get a seven out of out of ten yeah I I initially gave it a seven and a half upon like thinking about it I'm okay with seven because this is like 
there is some good parts to it, but then also the deduction. This is a two hour, two and a half hour movie, close to three hours. Some stuff could have gotten cut out. Like it's literally, mm-hmm. some stuff just could have got cut cut out. Um, I would have kept. They said that people said they. I've I've been talking to. They should have cut um, the mall scene. The mall scene, yeah. The mall scene was cool, but it was super not necessary. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I say keep it. I would have cut out majority of what Maxwell Lord was doing. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, all the all the all the scenes with him. Well, they needed to use Pedro Pascal. I didn't know why they was using him because this last these last three years he's been on the rise. Yeah. And, not, and, yeah, and not, yeah, like, this guy and he's in Mandalorian right now and it's going to be coming out the same time as the movie so 7 out of 5 7, ten, seven out of 10 it's not bad um, it's, I know it's not up there but it's like I rank Wonder Woman higher at a at a 9 um, which is why that gets a deduction the third act yeah and the fact that you have Jeff Johns on Wonder Woman 1984, and this is one of the few times he doesn't deliver. To me, yeah. he, does, he doesn't deliver. Um, and this should not reflect on, like, I'm, as much as I shit on Star Wars now, and I don't want to see Star or anything Star Wars related at this moment in time, I want to see Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron. Yeah, Rogue Squadron looks like it's going to be I mean, well, obviously we don't know much about it, but I would be excited for that too. This is this is going to be an original story. I I don't think she's pulling from an, any novels. I don't think she's pulling from any canon. She's going to write an original Star Wars movie. Yes, it has it's tied to novels and video games, but from the looks of it, this is going to be the original story that she's writing. So I'm like, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. So am I. And I'm all for um. Finally. Yep, and I'm all for Wonder Woman three, as long as in modern times. Yeah, like Wonder Woman three better stop with the time jumps. Like time jump it to here and stay here now. We like, I don't want to see a '90s one. I don't want to see 1985. You know what I mean? Hey, that's my year, man. It's still fuck your year. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see Wonder Woman now. <laughs> And that is our review of Wonder Woman 1984. Did you like it? Did you hate? Well, obviously, if you if you just let us. Well, leave a comment. Well, you can leave us a comment on SoundCloud, but you uh, and also you can leave us a comment on when we post our promos on our IG page. On the IG, follow us at Giant Contraband Robot on IG. The Giant Contraband Robot. The article. Don't forget about the article. Don't you dare forget it. I'm talking to you now. You forgot the article. No, I know. <laughs> I, I forgot it on purpose so that way we could point it out to the audience. See that I'm doing shit like that. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Next up on the review docket, Cyberpunk 2077. All right. All right. So I'm the only one who passed it. Um, I clocked in at under 100 hours. I didn't go. There's other YouTubers who hit 137, which means they did everything. So which means they 100% their trophies. So in order for you to hit that number, you have to legit, you probably 100% the trophies. Um, there's some things they did not fucking state. Even I looked at the old E3 videos, 
when you get iconic and legendary guns, even if it's from character, your companions or other characters, they will be like you assumed whatever you put in these stash, um, it will be there. No, it's for the iconic weapons. And yeah, one of the iconic weapons you don't get towards the end of the game, and it's a damn good gun. I don't care. They say you're gonna fight, you're gonna craft other stuff. Johnny Silverhand's gun is a damn good gun, and it has nice. a, and it has a unique effect where when you're reloading, he twirls it like Robocop. Nice. And he has an effect where when you hit the uh, melee we- um, melee button, um, the second melee weapon, uh, not melee, uh, attack. So you press mm-hmm. if you if you're on the PlayStation, it's the right um, joystick, and it's also on the Xbox, the pretty much the right joystick. When you press it, it doesn't affect where he'll hit the gun and a a, uh, a flashbang attack. But you have to be up close to the enemy to do that. Got you. And if you have high um, a high um, DPS gun, pistol or revolver, you can John Wick motherfuckers. Nice. Yeah, no, that's kind of like the the play style that I've been going with so far. Like, I've been just pretty much focusing on pistols. So you have to be, and if you don't know people, you have to be up and close. Up close and personal with these enemies to John Wick a motherfucker. <laughs> so, <laughs> just know, just, just know. Um, just into there. There are bugs, like you see on the internet, across the internet. This is no exception. I'm on the Xbox. There have been bugs that I've been going through. Um, game crashes in the middle of missions three times during the final mission. Um, okay. It really, it was like it, it. That really damped me. Wanted to do a second playthrough. Um, there's some hilarious ones on YouTube. Like a dude called their car, and that shit launched from out of nowhere. Not only landed, but it exploded next to that person. Nice. I was like. What? And that's that person on YouTube. Mine's was my car. I will call for my car, and it will go the opposite fucking direction, and keep going. Oh Jesus! And like, motherfucker, I'm right here. It's like it's like uh the worst part of getting an Uber. Um, it's like how are you still going? I'm I haven't moved. I'm on the same corner of the street. There's one that's uh, that is kind of cool. If you go back to the spot, like let's say you don't want to drive your motorcycle, you want to call for a car. If you okay. drive back to the same spot that you left your motorcycle, you'll see your motorcycle still there. So when you call for your uh, vehicle, let's say you call for that motorcycle to come back, it's going to come back from that point to where you're at in another part of the city. Oh, nice. Um, there is no dedicated garages. There's no um, multiple... There's multiple houses, but they're companion, your companions' um, homes. So you can't sleep there. You only can sleep at your own place, but you can stash your weapons at your companion's place. Gotcha. Or any other um, items that you don't want um, in your inventory. Okay. Um, so the people who can give you um, stash points, Judy, Alvarez, River... Um, not Carrie, which is Johnny's friend. Um, Pan Am are the ones right off the bat that you can stash your stuff. Minus oh. Carrie, but so River, Pan Am, and uh, Judy. 
Okay. So the romance option for Mel V, Pan Am, and River. River's a dude, just right off the bat. I know, most people like, wait, River? Uh, yes, I know, Rivers tend to be associated with women, but we're bucking the trend. I does both, honestly. I have never heard of a dude named River. Ever. River Phoenix? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shmoe down, we'll be, I'll be dead. I'll be dead. I keep forgetting about River. River Phoenix has been dead since 1993, 95. Hey, so River Phoenix dying was a big thing. <laughs> you know how old I was at the time? You know how old I was at the time and I know it? <laughs> you didn't exist. Either exactly. Way, point. <laughs> you only remember him now because of Joaquin. Because of Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, that's why everybody remembers it. Because Joaquin Phoenix. Otherwise, it, nobody gives a shit. Here's the thing, though. I don't give a shit about Joaquin Phoenix. Which means I don't give a fuck about River. No offense. I know, I know. I know. No, offense, no offense to the Phoenix family. I, I, I just don't like Joaquin. He's, it's like, no offense to the Phoenix family, but at the same time, like, it don't matter because they won't give a shit about my opinion because I'm sure they don't give a shit about me either. There you go. <laughs> but either way, back to um, Cyberpunk. Um, obviously, then you got the Nomad Street, Nomad Street Kid and Corpo. I played as a Nomad. Um, right. Which yeah. I thought everyone was going to do, but apparently not. Now, Corpo and Street Kid has been the most popular so far. I, I did not call that. I could have sworn everybody was going to do Nomad first. Because Nomad, you're starting off um, in the Badlands. Um, on the board, and you there's two different terms of the Badlands. You have the Badlands that's actually connected to Night City, and you have the Badlands that is on the border of Night City. So you have to cross the border. Um, you're not in that border town for very long. It's 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 a pretty quick prologue. Um, right. For for, or for the Nomad, which kind of sucks. I was expecting to be out in the Badlands more as a Nomad. Because they they was talking it up like you're gonna be out in the, in the Badlands a lot more if you're a nomad, but I did not, and I, I figured I'll be in my clan a little. Like if you're a nomad, V, you find you you find out that he's part of the Breckers, and though right. and all the Kados, which who are part of Pan Am's um, nomad crew, um, they know of the Breckers, but. You don't like. There's no missions or no side quests or anything that's based on that part of V's life. You just know that V left the Breckers, and he's right. on his own. So he's a nomad. Right. He's he's literally if you're in terms of like a motorcycle gang, you're a no patch. Yeah. You do not belong. Um, so like a true nomad, but um, I'm like, all right, that was like a, a negative to me now. I, I, some people wasn't that not nitpicky on them. Me, like you hype up that, I expect more out of it. Right. Um, but your technical ability would be up higher. It should be up higher if you're going to play as a nomad because you have an interesting dialogue as um, a nomad. Um, there is interesting dialogue with, for a nomad, um, and it did not dampen my relationship with Pan Am because the majority of my friends fucked up those relationships. Huh. I didn't. <laughs> and this is how you know you got Pan Am. I said a certain thing after a mission. She told me to follow her. She gave me um, the... She'll give you a, a sniper rifle called Overwatch. It, it. I don't care if you don't fully up, up, um, uh, upgrade it. It still does 10,000 headshot damage. That's one, that's still a one shot kill. 
That is that is the sniper I want. Um, there's other sniper rifles that do that do good damage, but Overwatch. Oh my god! And then going towards the end game, her sniper rifle is fully upgraded, but that does close to thirty to fifty thousand um, damage. Damn! Double that if it's a headshot. So it's like, oh my god! I'm just. Uh, I'm, I love this sniper rifle, but the Pan Am relationship. <coughs> she pulled me close, and she was like, "You mind now?" I'm like, "God damn right, I'm yours." God damn. <laughs> mm, just pulled, like, perfect. Pulled exactly me, what I wanted. Just pulled me close and just like, "Give me." I'm getting, and This is one time I wish it was in fucking third person. Uh huh. So I like I get it. Why is in first person? Like there's certain stuff like it, it calls for it. But then there's certain stuff like it costs. It should have been in third person. Yeah. And you you don't get third person cutscenes until like there's like big important moments. Even in certain big important moments, you, your your character V is still in first person. Mm-hmm. So for me, my third person view came in where V was having sex with Pan Am. Okay. And the end game, my end game, I was leaving Night City with Pan Am. Gotcha. That's the only two times that I got third person um view. Okay. And I'm I'm like, alright, fine. And then I know throughout twenty twenty I was bitching about why V has a dick and he doesn't use it. Well Right. <laughs> you made you made that a very big point and I was like, dude, you just started this game. I highly doubt they would give you an entire penis and no opportunity to use well, <laughs> let's speed this along because I have to um, hurry up and celebrate my brother's birthday. But um, there is a, <laughs> there is an option there is an option where you can sleep with Meredith, who's um, you see her like if you remember the E three gameplay where you see V and Jackie going against the um, Maelstrom, but they um, right. V met with um, Militech's um, enforcer. Um, uh, Meredith. Well, mm-hmm. to further on to it, if you take the um, the credit chip, um, the credit card that she said that's encrypted, and you pretty much tell her everything is inside. She texts, and you depending on your um, what you say to her, she will text you. Just say no, um, no tell motel. The room should be in there. Scantily clad, waiting for you. Does it, and she sleeps with both male and female V, so she's for both. So it's a it's a win win. It's a win win. <laughs> but with male V though, I'll say this: was not expecting what I saw. I even had to turn down my TV because the voice actress was very convincing. <laughs> I feel like damn, selling it, dude. I was like, <laughs> I thought I was watching a porno. I was well, like, yeah, they did, they did promise very adult content. Not surprised. I was like, you are very loud. You need to tone it down. <laughs> I was literally telling that to a game. like a bonobo, man. What the fuck? I was literally telling this woman to tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> and V was holding her down. I mean, people. Holding it down. He There was thrusting. I, in my years of video games and seeing video game sex... I never see fucking thrusting in a game. 
Yeah, it's true that. Like, well, uh, Far Cry Three had that thing. I never played Far Cry Three, so I don't know Far Cry. Far Cry Three was up until now one of the ones that I would say like definitely had one of the more explicit like sex scene stuff. But obviously, it's been blown out of the water now because of Cyberpunk. Yeah, because CD Projekt Red, basically. Yeah. It, that should just be the only thing that you have to say, because CD Projekt Red. So, Bioware is more respectful. Yes, Bioware shows nudity, but it's more respectful. I mean... In, in terms of... When I say in terms of respectful, you don't see a lot of thrusting. You, like, well, just tell me this. Tell me this. If they had the technology to do it, which I don't think could, existed at the time, do you think they would have done it? I think Bioware would do it, but everything that we hear behind the scenes in terms of Bioware, they won't ever do it. Yeah. So well, Bioware, Bioware has a lot of shit behind the scenes right now. Yes, they have a lot of shit, but that's why I said they're more respectful on it. Yeah. CD Projekt Red, CD Projekt Red is like, nah. We hired adult actors and actresses to do these scenes, so you're getting you're yeah, getting, exactly. you, like you get So I was not I was not going to be surprised when they said like, oh yeah. It's a very explicit sex scene. It's like, well, they got to tell actors and actresses. Yep, and they go all in. All right, I, I I tell you that. Just just be don't be shocked. Don't be shook. Because I'm like, like this game was rated the way it was for a reason. Yep, and V, I'm telling you, my V was like, like you would see him flexing muscles, holding this woman down, and just thrusting. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're like Jesus. No dinner first, at least me. I was like, he via con dios that pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching King of the Hill and that shit. Via con dios, boom boom. <laughs> Side tangent. Did you know there was supposed to be a spin, a live action spinoff to King of the Hill? Really? With that priest? I I am not surprised. That would have been hilarious. I'm like. My judge, I'm uh, I'm sorry that Fox could not understand the humor to that. <laughs> I would have been all for it. Uh, but um, leveling, you can, um, the max level is fifty. The max level for street cred is also fifty. Um, if you do a hundred percent everything, you will eventually hit um level fifty. If you want to, I'm not gonna say cheat. Because it's technically not cheating. There are ways to work around to level to boost your level up to fifty quicker. Um, there are you do see a lot of people duping. There's a lot of YouTube videos of duping. But then I remember CD Projekt Red did this same thing with Witcher Three, where a lot of people was duping to get extra money. I very well will see CD Projekt Red doing um, a mod, not a mod, just adding a character where. You have to pay taxes, so which means the amount you have, half of that will be gone. Sounds like taxes. Oh yeah, because in Witcher, a lot of people, lost, they, a lot of people. I, no lie, did they really? Oh fuck yeah! There's a there's a YouTube video of a guy will go to you. He's like this. Did you do this to get the the amount that you have, and did you pay it back? Literally, pick literally. There was people was duping and making extra money in Witcher Three, and CD Projekt Red found out. Instead of this was their way of patching it to stop people from doing it. I didn't do it, and the game realized the game knew like, oh, you didn't do that, so you're fine. Yeah. And the guy went off. And I was like, that they put in that's just like perfect for like 
people who like get the game and mod and shit, and, like they can tell. Like, oh, uh, um, the modding community will not be talked about, but the, some of these games is glitches that has yet to be patched. So take advantage. I just all I have to say. Because they have not patched it yet, take advantage. You can get up to a million, get it as eddies. So it's euros and US dollars combined. That's how the game currency works. So it's eddies. Um, yeah. So, yeah, dupe to your heart's content to get a million dollars because they want you to, for a trophy, you have to buy every single car that's offered to you. And most of the cars go up to 200,000. So, Damn. dupe as much as you want. Um, cause you don't get a lot of fucking money in the first place. Like you, maybe the, the most you'll get is like 3,200. Like the most I got was like 8,900 because I did not kill nobody in the room. Huh? I got in, got out. That's what I did. The only time I actually stealthed at something. I really did with Deus Ex with this. If I felt like yeah. I get caught once, fuck it. Everybody got the dot. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of the way that I started playing with it so far. Like I'm trying to be as stealthy as possible, but the second it goes loud, everyone in the room's gonna die. Like, there's like, there were situations where there was an, en an enemy NPC who was on the phone with their kid. I intentionally knocked her out. Yeah, like, I I have been doing mainly knockouts so far, I've noticed. Oh, wait, 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 you didn't let me finish. You didn't let me finish. Hold, hold on. You I'm doing more knockouts conscience consciously for some reason. You didn't let me finish. <laughs> okay. I said, I knocked her out. Because I heard her audibly. Everyone else? Headshot, headshot, headshot. I John Wick to everybody else. She got the lift. So which means she gets to go home to her kid when she wakes up. Yeah. There's going to be endless funerals for the, uh, the rest of these motherfuckers. Yeah. See, You're like, well, I heard she has a kid, so she's going to get to go home. Everybody else didn't bother telling me if you had a kid, so you get to die. No, because when I got closer, I hear other people like, oh, we killed, we killed this dude, we killed this cop, we killed this person. I was like, oh, all right. Booyaka, booyaka, everybody fucking died. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, those are my experience. Well, those are my fun. There were some fun moments. Um, there are some difficulty spikes, and they're horrendously like, what the fuck? It doesn't matter what level you were playing. When that difficulty spike hits, it's like, what in the fuck? Mm -hmm. Like it shouldn't. It's like, and I'm used to it because difficulty is is part of gaming. Difficulty spikes are is part of gaming. Dragon Age has them. Mass Effect has it. Um, Watch Dogs have it. Grand Theft Auto, like it's it's everywhere, so it's unavoidable. But the good thing about um, Cyberpunk. You have the choice to do the mission to complete it or not. You can literally have that mission up, go to the like you do everything except for that one. You can literally it, it has no effect to your um the final game. It's just something huh. you just did not do. Uh, huh. when you do pass the game, they tell you you go through the credits and everything. They give you two options: end it or go back to a point in time in the game. And that's where you you go back to. Mm -hmm. I stupidly was like, let me see where they send me back to. They literally send me back right before I go to the, um, not to the final mission, before I trigger the final mission. Got you. I was like, okay. So if you're, and there's going to be DLC coming. We don't know what the fuck the DLC is. 
it's kind of smart to send you back there. It's like the Outer Worlds. The Outer Worlds will send you back before you get to the final planet. Okay. Um, so it's like, okay. I, uh, I know where I'm going to be starting at when I if, when the DLC comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, NPCs are not as lively as we've seen in the trailers. Um, off in the distance, you see a lot of cars, but you don't, when you get closer to that distance, is obviously they disappear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the NPCs do look like they have their own daily lives. Like I mentioned, the enemy NPC was talking to their kid. There's other right. NPCs. You do see NPCs having conversations. They look like they're holding business deals. You do have those, but it's not as bustling as you normally see. Um, the, the, we saw the game in these E3 trailers. Um, I and I now know that the, all these trailers we saw were strictly for the PC, but even the PC are having problems as well. Uh huh. Ultimately, I feel Cyberpunk has should have t- had another year of development, so make it nine years by the to this day. Um, um uh-huh. and. They should have been exclusive to the PS4 and the Series X. I mean, the PS5, Series X, and PC. It should have never came to the PS4, or Xbox One. Yeah, that's my that's that is. Not have tried to accommodate for this previous generation, and that held them back a lot. Yep, and and you said it right there. It's like it did held them back, and that's why they now CD Projekt Red is now like every other gaming company. You yeah. you you're like Icarus. You you was going too high and you, you came crashing down yep now you're bar- I, but the only thing is they're barely floating they now have to re in a way save themselves from this tarnishment that they gave themselves yeah because it's like fuck I like the game but now I don't yeah, well I, I, I had fun because I went 100 hours I mean come on yeah, you had to have liked the game to play it for a hundred hours. Yeah, dude. like it's still fun. There's still fun moments, and then like, I really did like the companions' missions. Like, and there were some missions where there was a murder mystery in the in the game that you get to do. That's a, that's it's technically as a side quest. Um, yeah. your companions in, in a way, I'm saying companions with asterisk because you just can't call them up and actually come with you. Yeah, they're not companions in like the the traditional like, sense. Skyrim, like uh, Outer Worlds kind of way. They're just like they're further along your story. Um, yeah, and it's fine. Like, um, but also in terms of relationships, I, I I said it, but I just totally went past it. Um, River is for male V, Judy is for um, female V, and then Pan Am is for male V. So male V right. has two options. Judy. Um, Male, female V only has one, which kind of sucks. Well, technically, if you count Meredith, um, but Meredith is just a one-night stand. Yeah. But it still sucks while... And then, and I do agree, there is some connotations of... Ra- there is racism in there, because what they do with the Haitians. Um, the obligatory black and Latin characters. Um, no clear representation in terms of for non-binary or people or people who are LG who identify as LGBT. There's still those connotations in there and not proper representation in there. Um, so that is that that is a black mark on that. And I'm like, there is I'm like, come on, man, why are the broken Spanish? You can just left them like completely, like not English fluent. There are people in our day of society. The only flip side to it is V has a tr- translator chip where he understands what they're saying. 
So which yeah. in turns with the the us as the gamers can understand what they're saying. But if we have V yeah, text that you could have just left it in Spanish and just left the the text speech for V for our V to see that it turn it translate to English but keep the normal game text Spanish. They could have done right. it. They, that could have been a good innovative thing, like have the person think, Oh man, I'm reading Spanish, but you're not looking at the fucking game where it's actually translating it. Yeah. But then the funny thing is it's like, why are they forcing me to read? I hate people like that, especially when it comes to anime. Let's not, let me not get on that right now. Cause we're oh, you're, you're going to start a whole other flame war if you get on that. Yeah, so... <laughs> not getting on that. Um, so I do agree. Um, like, they need to... They need to, You can't say you're going to be all-inclusive and not really inclusive. Right. Um, and especially that especially goes for, like, if, you're, if you identify as a woman, you want uh, multiple relationship options. Like, there's plenty of women who wants to romance Pan Am. You can't... That's that's the sucky thing. Like, out of every... Like, I have not seen anyone romance River. So I'm like, damn, that dude don't get no love. <laughs> yeah. I may do it for... Uh, for I don't like corpo. I don't, I'm not into corporations. So I'm like, you know what? I'll let Mel V take it in the ass. Fuck it. Nah. <laughs> and then, like, I want to, like, in Judy, Judy's a character I want to give a big hug to. Like, she, this woman, she went through so much in this game. She's like a person, I just want to, like, just as a friend, just like, here, you need this hug. You, you need this hug. Yeah. The way how they've written her, like, she needs this hug. Not my <laughs> hug specifically. She just needs a hug specifically. Yeah. And reassurances daily. Because Jesus fucking Christ. Like, can you let up on this woman? Yeah. Like, fuck. I'm depressed off of this fucking thing. <laughs> like, fuck. And then Pan Am, she is very independent. She's very loud. Um, I cannot... And majority of these people, you cannot pin their ethnicity. Besides Judy and um, River, River and Judy are Native American and uh, of Latin origin. Rivers of Native American origin, Judy's of Latin origin. Pan Am, you cannot tell whatsoever. Yeah, especially because of her name. Is like all right, and the way how she looks is like, are you Latin, Ethiopian, Ethiopian? Persian, what? Because you, you got your darker skin tone. You got dreads, which is a commonplace for anybody by this point. I'm not judging. I'm just like, just like. But there are some Asian people who are dark skin. And everybody's complaining. I was like, have y'all look at the region? Yeah. Like there are some dark skin Asian people. Yep. And then on top of that, we also don't know what the future is like there fully, right? And this is technically a spiritual successor sequel to Cyberpunk and Cyberpunk 2020. Cyberpunk Red, Cyberpunk 2020, and then this is 2077. So so Johnny Silverhand is is in Cyberpunk Red. He's alive and well. Then you get more of a backstory for him in those in those um, tabletop games. And yeah. here he is actually you playing out his death in this game. Gotcha. 
Um, and that's not a spoiler because it's everywhere by this point, especially in the trailers. Uh huh. So it's technically not spoiled. That's not. That's definitely not spoiled. The only things I would not spoil is the nomad ending. There are technically four endings. Well, five. You have an ending that I would never do. Krishna, I told Krishna this one already. Uh, yeah. There is the ending where you can go by yourself. This is the second one. Oh, you just you get the options. Don't do nothing. It will trigger Johnny Silverhand talking to V. What you want to do? V will say, "I want to do this on my own." Let me tell you this now, people. If you do that option, you better have your finger on that fucking health point. Because <laughs> if you die, that's where you die, and that's how the game ends. There's no loading back the, the load-up screen. There's no going back to the... Um, oh, and that action will be um, blocked. You cannot load up. Um, and if you die, you know, you can just do, go back to your quick save. Uh-huh. No, no the game will stop. Wouldn't would not let you do that. Damn. That's where you die. You need to reload it back and start all over. And what I mean by start all over, go back to your choices <laughs> that's where they leave you go where you go right back to is your choices damn so fair warning yeah. fair warning <laughs> um you have the the option of letting one of the options that leads it to an um, ending is you letting Johnny take your body you keep your body and then there's um I don't I don't uh, and there's apparently a devil ending okay um but I apparently I got the good ending where my, right. my V is my V and he leaves with um uh, Pan Am. Okay. Um there's um also some muscle game glitches um where the D pad and the trick my right my left trigger wouldn't work and I had to restart the fucking game in order wow. for the D pad and the trigger to work. And it's not the control and I was like, I just bought this fucking controller in all this but no, it was the game that was that was not um, sinking. Like for some fucking reason, it wouldn't let me do the quick hacks or check the um or choose the dialogue options or press for the fucking health or the for the cell phone that's on the D pad. Wow. So that was like, what the fuck? So right now, I have not started the second playthrough like I mentioned before. Besides, mm-hmm. despite all that, now we're, this is the one to five point rating system for video games. Movies get one to ten, video games one to five. Five meaning the greatest, one means it's shit. Uh-huh. Cyberpunk gets a 2.5 out of five. 2.5 out of five, wow, okay. It's still fun um, when it works. Okay. But the glitches and the constant crashing, especially during the fun and taking my emotion out of having the game crash during the final battle, taking that uh-huh. out is still the fact that the game crashes during critical moments, cutscenes, and choices. And then yeah. having the fact that your game is affecting your fucking controller, it easily takes you out. And then the and these difficulty spikes also really takes you out as well. Like normally you can just get through it and get like these are like ones where you just can't get through it. Like there's um the boxing ones are the ones that give you the difficulty spikes. And also the slow loading times on the map. Like mm-hmm. 
don't depend on your mini map. I, I hate to say this, which especially only when there's enemies on the fucking map and on the on the ground, then you can depend on the mini map. There was a like, couple. There's a couple of instances where the game finally loaded up, and I didn't get no trigger warning, but all of a sudden the, a trigger warning started, and then the fucking enemy was literally loaded up right next to me. Mm. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's fucked. So I was like, and that was at, early on in the game. Towards the end, it, it was fine, but and there was, it, but I did find some enjoyment despite all of it, um, and it's still fun. And I may eventually um, play it over. Um, I may pick a street kid, um, uh, female V. I'm I'm labeling her as female because I do know there's some people out here who are choosing the non-binary approach for V. But uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm specifically make a female V, and I and seriously, just because Judy needs some love, just only because. It's like Jesus, who wrote this character? I need to know, because <laughs> I'm I, seriously, it fucked with me to the point uh-huh. where I, was like, I wish I can go through the game and be like, I'm sorry that you go, your life is like this. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. Let's let's kill your writer. Let's kill the game coder who made you. Let's kill them. Yeah. Fuck. But other than that, our final review. Tony Hawk Pro Skater Remaster 1 and 2. Right off the bat, it gets a 2 out of 5. It gets a what? 2 out of 5. Now I'm just wow. 3.5 out of 5. Okay. The only reason why I this is the reason why I like Tony Hawk three and up. Well, to clarify, Tony Hawk three four underground underground two. Mm-hmm. After that, that's when it all went downhill. Okay. But the reason why I like those more superior to two and um, one and two. Yes, one and two had technical investment in uh, enhancements like. Um, there are certain tricks that you couldn't do in Tony Hawk 1 that you can do in 2 and there's certain tricks that it's pretty much like every progression like like if you're an actual skateboarder you learn new tricks where you can actually um, right. you, like Tony Hawk 3 you was able to jump off the board you was able to um, even if you was doing the 2 minute run you'd be able to get off the board to position yourself to get this trick off well it, it was fucking innovative and it helped you get through the fucking level. This is why I never liked one and two. Even when I was 12 years old, when they when 12 and then 14, no, I was 13, I was 11. Uh, they came yeah. out back to back. Uh-huh. So like a year later, it was this is when it was starting to get, um, be uh, seasonized. I was, yeah, I was 12 when the first one came out. 13 when the second one came out 14 15 by the time the third one came out but the third one came out in the ps2 era okay but um it's the it was like oh it's always the forward momentum that i disliked you didn't really feel like you was you actually had any lift like you you, you ollie you don't feel like you ollie high enough um and the remaster like i understand this is a remaster so now the world is more bigger the world is looking more like its real life counterpart, especially in Philadelphia. School two, it now looks more like School two, which is in Carlsbad, California. 
Uh-huh. Now y'all know. And school one is... I Wait, I think I got to reverse. School one is in Carlsbad. School two is in Florida. I, 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 I'm never getting it right. But if I'm wrong, just know that technically both of the fucking schools are based off of real life high schools in real, in, in real life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Like hitting certain tricks just to get to certain areas are now more challenging, and it's and it is like an actual skateboarder. When you get it, you get you have that sense of reward and fulfillment. But then you try to do it again, and you're like, God damn it! <laughs> like when you, you can f- feel frustration through the uh, yeah, through and, the people, and it's like newer generation. You, you just look on YouTube; they're picking it up a lot more better than I was. <laughs> and just, and I'm not hating. Like, hey, you have a new generation of um, skaters out here who never played Tony Hawk. They probably did, but it's on the PS3, PS2, PlayStation. Now you have a, a modern Tony Hawk game with new uh, upcoming skaters. Hell, Tony Hawk's son Riley Hawk is in the fucking game. Nice. Like he was barely even a fucking like he. I think he, Riley Hawk was like, only was like maybe two three years old when the first one came out. Now the dude's like, I think 25. Damn. So, uh, and he's a professional skater himself, so I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see the next one is Riley Hawk. Or no, it'll still be Tony Hawk, but it's Riley on the fucking cover of the game instead of, his, yeah. uh, instead of Tony Hawk. Um, seeing Kareem Campbell return. Like, for years, the only skaters I ever seen was Tony Alva, uh-huh. Tony Hawk, Mike V, Eric Costin, um, not Eric Costin, uh, Jason Lee before he became the actor. Okay. Rodney Mullen. Those were the professional skaters I saw. They was mainly white. And then uh-huh. you and and Tony Alva, obviously, uh, uh, I do not want to misrepresent Tony Alva just because his name is Alva. He could be Italian or Latin or one of the other two. But. Mm-hmm. Seeing Kareem Campbell, an actual black professional skateboarder, I was like, there are black people who, who are professional skaters. I can do it. Yeah. I'm a shitty skater, and also I should not be skateboarding because, one, I'm overweight, and also I got super bad knees. I really should be skateboarding. But I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> but, yes, if I lose the weight and get my knees working, yeah, you might catch me on the fucking board. <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> Even though I'm saying it audibly, still, don't snitch. <laughs> Alright, I'm telling y'all look, look listeners If you see me on the street Busting a kickflip Don't snitch on me to my family Or whoever <laughs> whoever I'm going to eventually be with In the near future Because I don't need that added stress In here constant bitching Alright, call me Kosa Help me help you I help, help me help, I help you, you help me That's all I'm saying Don't snitch Um there is like some really like talking about there's no difference in these spices it's just like this is the definition of get good <laughs> like <laughs> like seriously and I'm not getting any better but I'm still <laughs> but, but the ultimately what you want out of it is the nostalgia which it 100% does when you go to the warehouse level Tony that, that vibe comes back um I'm just having fun I've been Skating, even though the score is three out of five, which is legit three out of five, right? <clears throat> um, I just feel like you're 
they're too beholden to one and one and two. It would have been nice to throw in some tricks and like there's like revert was Tony Hawk three. Uh huh. We didn't have revert in Tony Hawk two. If you was gonna pull a trick from three, then hell, you could have just gave us to get the ability to get off the board from three. But yeah. since it performed, sold well across the globe, I am expecting four and five, four, three and four. Uh huh. I want to see USC properly rep- like USC was a level in Tony Hawk. Um, I want to say four. Really, I don't remember that. I want to say Tony Hawk four showed um, USC. So I want to see USC properly represented because. Uh, well, now they're actually like you can't skateboard around Exposition or USA anymore. Uh huh. Assholes. Not in real life. Not in real life. Now, definitely now you can't. Well, not because of the pandemic, just better. Like, well, quotes, better security. Yeah. Um, you could do trade tech. It yes. just it in reality what that means is just keeping people we don't want here out. Yeah. You it's do- not actually security. Um, you can do Trade Tech. Trade Tech has some skatable areas. Um, it totally does. Um, downtown LA, they can just redo down. Oh, yes. Tony Hawk 4 had Downtown LA. I want to see Downtown LA redone. For, but You it, don't want a skate franchise redone yet? <laughs> fuck skate. I hate that. All your controls are stuck to the, jo- the left and right joystick. Fuck that. <laughs> No, they try to be the superior skateboarding game. Look, we're just here for the fun. All right. <laughs> Tony Hawk is more. Yes, I'm, I'm griping about not being as good. And the the what's the reason why it gets not a full five or a four out of five. If you really if you're going to pull tricks from other games, from other Tony Hawk games, you could have just went for the full out and just gave all the fucking tricks from up to five, um, to, not five, because five is just this is the black mark, but up to four and underground, including them in remaster one and two, if he was going to pull from other games. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's fine. That So it's 3.5 with the asterisk, if, you, if we want to do that. Um, it's a three, but a 3.5 with the asterisk, so it's two definitely twos, two, two different scores. Um, the remastered, all these levels is just holy fuck. It's like the nostalgic. It's, it's really is a nostalgic kick game uh-huh. for the PS4 and the um, Xbox. Um, I, but here's the thing though: we're now officially next gen era. If we do get another, if we do get a three and four remaster, it'll more likely be for the PS5, which means they will port over one and two. Which is, then time will tell if you get the port over your your creative skater with all the stats. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also they should do better on customization on customization on skaters. Not everyone is skinny. They even they if they was able to make every um, professional skater look different the way how they look now in real life, we should be able to do the same as with the creative skater because not every skater is skinny, and there's some overweight skaters. Right, but there's a dude on there. I, I gotta I gotta I keep forgetting the brother's name, homie. I think a little bit bigger than me. Dive bombing and motherfucking half pipes, busting kid flips and shit. I'm like, yo, let's go, bro. Nice. Um, there's some there's some disabled skaters out there. 
Um, so, like, customization should be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, show some, in, like, really, at the end of both of these reviews, show some true innovation in terms of character creation. That goes for CD Projekt Red with Cyberpunk. If they, if there will be a Cyberpunk sequel. And this also goes for Tony Hawk. Better representation in terms of people. There's people who are non-binary and there's trans people who don't want to look too feminine, don't want to look too masculine. Let people actually have these options when they create their um, characters. Yeah. So. Like, it takes so much work to build that shit into the game. It must, like, not, it must be so much easier to just turn that off. No, I'm just <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it. I think it's easier. I. Th- I think there is a way to do it. I just don't think no one is um, bold enough to actually pull the trigger. To actually do it. Yeah. I I I say I seriously feel that I don't think no one's bold enough to pull that trigger. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think anyone is either. But. One day. One day. Someday. I was going to sing Sugar Ray. Someday. I don't remember the words to say. <laughs> and we fade away. Um, I'm not about to listen to Sugar Ray after we're done. <laughs> but um, the last part. Oscar Isaac. We mentioned Oscar Isaac a lot through this episode. Yep. This one shocked the both of us. Screen Crush. This is from Remescula. Uh, Remes. No, Remescula.com. No, I got it right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Yara Simon. But this also comes with reports from uh, Screen Crush. Oscar Isaac was in a ska band. Not one, but two. He was in two ska bands. The Worms and the Blinking Underdogs. It's uh, it, it's actually real funny. Um, I brought this subject up with somebody um, when, when, you, when you told me about it the other day. Mm-hmm. And when she saw the video of um, uh, that's associated with the story, right, of like Oscar Isaac and his ska bands and stuff, apparently she knew like a good chunk of the people in that video. Hmm. <laughs> She used to be a huge part of the ska circuit around that time. <laughs> um, now, he said he also opened up for the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. That is some throwback right there. For uh, real, dude. <laughs> but also, he does have actual mu- original music. He has his own SoundCloud. Um, he has songs from those bands on YouTube currently. <laughs> we can't talk about it. We can't play them here. Because we do want to get actually monetization on the GCR, so right. we don't want to get like I guess sued. Money. Like Oscar Isaac, we love you, but we don't want to give you no money. I'm sorry. It's like we will enjoy you in private, unfortunately. But yeah, it's just a small tidbit, like nothing too much to talk about. Just like holy shit. And yes, he does do the trademark uh, ska thing, wearing a white t-shirt with suspenders and pants. <laughs> so, that is classic ska. Classic ska. 
It's just you, I never I was I always associate with um Oscar Isaac with like more of a folksy type of feel. Uh huh. But never Scott. <laughs> Why would you not associate? Like, I mean, I get it. It's not like he like shows the vibe in any way. Yeah. But why would you assume never ska? It's just probably because he did Inside of Llewellyn Davis, and then seeing like we, in, especially when he shows when there's videos of him playing, he has a I think a ukulele or a banjo. Like you see him play, uh huh. You, you automatically assume folk, folk music. <laughs> so I never assumed like rock in any form of way or punk with him in any form of way. Uh-huh. And plus, he was intentionally also he's a, he was a background vocalist. He wasn't the lead vocalist. Also, just to, he also clarify on that one. Okay. <clears throat> um, damn, my throat is dry as fuck. <laughs> you need something to parch that thirst. Yeah, we gotta parch the thirst. In which that we're gonna end it off right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once again, thank you for listening to our first episode of 2020, 2021. Yes, thank you, everybody. 2020 round two. Fight! Welcome to 2021. Roll initiative. (laughs) Oh, you got a nat one. Seriously, we're going to do side effects one of these days. One day we will. One day we'll we'll have sound effects. We'll have sound bites, you know, the whole nine. Someday, but definitely not today. Because today we broke as fuck. And we're fading away. Do, 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 do